Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord, we come to you this morning. We are thankful to be in your house, thankful to be together, Lord. Some of us are absolutely beat from a long week. And so, Lord, we ask for your provision, for your strength, for your abilities. Lord, we thank you that we have come into this sanctuary, an opportunity to hear your word, to be reminded of the power of forgiveness. Lord, we watch in our own lives the difficulty we have in recognizing the freedom that comes when we can forgive others. The fact of the matter is, we can come to you because you have forgiven us. And so, Lord, as we look at your word today, I pray it would be powerful as we watch you work in the midst of our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. It's from Mark 14. I won't be able to, I think I'm on the wrong page. That sounds familiar to me. Mark 14, 32. It says, They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell onto the ground and prayed that if if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for an hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing, and when he came back, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning a third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough, the hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go, here comes my betrayer. And just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd, armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests to the teachers of the law and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal for them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you would come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you, teaching you in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me. 
but the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. And when they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. May God add his blessing to the reading of this word. As we uh, sing this morning, I want to remind you that today is Camp Judson offering uh, for paddles and, what was it, paddles and something? Life jackets, thank you. I knew that. We watch Jesus in this passage forgive like no other. Lord, give us the freedom to forgive like Jesus forgives. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Jason, are we okay? Okay, I, I found out what happened, even though that was a new chord. I think I crashed on Thursday or Friday, and I think that's what happened. We had some technical difficulties. Nice little soft, delicate microphones don't do real well when you crash on the floor during VBS. Time travel, that's right. <laughs> no, we fixed it. I just was making sure. It didn't, it didn't work when I was reading the scripture, I don't think. I just talked louder. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I'm going to need this too. Well, hey, I got a favor to ask of you guys. Um, normally, I don't mind if you fall asleep. I always tell you if you fall asleep and you needed to sleep, um, more power to you, right? If, I, if my voice puts you to sleep, great. Uh, I could probably record something and you can fall asleep. For today, though, if I fall asleep, please wake me up. Otherwise, we're not going to be done. Uh, I am whooped. I, I there is, it, it, there is no easy way to, you just take some time. Uh, and uh, it's been a long week. <laughs> and Brentley, I, I texted Brentley this morning at about 20 to 8, and I said, he wasn't here yet, and he's always here by then. <laughs> Are you alive? <laughs> he showed up like two minutes later, so he was alive. He's probably sleeping right now. He's taking a nap. Um, this was his first time uh, VBS. Uh, but we spent the whole week talking about freedom. And as we went back, if you didn't see it, we went back in time. We had this really cool time machine. It was um, slightly dangerous, and we broke it a couple times. Friday, we really broke it. That was for real. We would have had to do some repairs. Um, but we went back in time looking at stories from the Bible. And um, you may, if you were here on Friday, the story that we talked about was Jesus at Gethsemane, and right, and it's in uh, the gospel accounts uh, because it's really powerful. Um, and you may remember that our our resident Jesus Kelly was uh, was uh, was praying, "Abba, Father, if it's your will, take this from me." And that's the passage that we're looking at today. And we've talked we talked about freedom. And in this passage, Jesus forgives uh, like no other. And I don't know about you, but sometimes in this world, I bet you feel like you're pretty lonely. Like there's no one on your side. Like I wish I had someone in my corner, someone uh, that would help me take the next step, someone that would help me walk through this life. And a lot of times when we hear that, we realize that there's, there's some brokenness somewhere. And that most often there's brokenness in relationship, right? The very thing that God has given us as 
uh, uh, as community, as faith. The very thing he's given us is relationships. And yet relationships are hard. Why? Because it inserts us, right? It puts us in the relationship. Um, I always say this job would be really easy if none of you were here, right? <laughs> That's the joke, right? Because, but I wouldn't have much of a job if, if none of us were here. Um, relationships are so important, and yet they're difficult. At best, they're challenging. And once in a while, they're really special. But that's hard. And in this passage, we see Jesus in a lot of relationship struggles. And we see how he responds versus how you and I respond. See, for a lot of people in this world, it's me, myself, and I, right? I can't trust, I can't trust another soul in this world. If I don't make it happen, it won't happen. And we see that over and over and over again. That there aren't very, very, there are very few people we can count on. Even in our families, there are people we can count, can't count on. And so for a lot of us, we live this worldless life where it's me, myself, and I. If I don't take care of uh, my needs, no one else is going to take care of my needs. No one else is going to help me. And then we get in this, this mindset and we try to be Christians, which, you know, I say it that way because we call ourselves believers and we're supposed to trust God. And yet, in our, other, in our life, we aren't really good at trusting anybody, sometimes for good reason. And so we're torn between, I don't want to trust anybody I'm with, and yet I'm supposed to trust God. And so we have this real big tension in our lives. This me, myself, and I have to take care of our needs, right? Because everybody else has rejected us, have turned their back away, have disappointed us. And it's easy to not forgive. And sometimes they don't even deserve forgiveness at least in our mind, right? This story, this passage this morning comes right after what we would call the Last Supper, right? Jesus had, had just had dinner with his 12 closest friends, his disciples. And you may remember that in the midst of that Last Supper, something really odd happens, right? Right? They're just having their normal Jewish uh, Seder, their Passover, their dinner, which if you have never done is actually a celebration. The way the Jews do it, they fill their cup four times, so they're four glasses of wine in by the end of this dinner, and it's quite a celebration that goes on. It's no wonder these, the disciples were having struggles to keep their eyes open, uh, when they're praying here in a bit. But in the midst of that Last Supper, or what we call the Last Supper, something gets dark really fast. you remember that part where Jesus is talking and all of a sudden he said, someone here is going to betray me. Someone who dips their bread in the cup with me. Do you remember that? He, he alludes to this, someone is going to reject me. Someone is going to turn their back on me. There's a traitor. There's a Judas among us. 
And of course, what do the rest of the disciples say? Not me. I would never, I would never do that. Right? Peter, the loudest, right? I would never turn my back on you. I'll go to the end of the earth to make sure you're safe. I'll protect you. I'll be your friend. And aren't we just like Peter? Oh, short-sighted Peter. And so after that happens, Jesus gets away, and it says he takes what Peter, John, and uh, James, Peter, James, and John, and they go out to Gethsemane, to a garden where they will pray. And they pray in the darkness. And I don't know if you notice that Jesus is really at this point, it's one of my favorite passages for this reason. It shows his humanness. In verse 34 he says, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. It shows the humanness, the human in Jesus. Because he calls on God and he says, Abba, Father, I'm, I'm distressed. I'm struggling. I know what's about to happen. I know where we're headed. The train is going down the track and I'm, I'm struggling. And so Jesus, at that moment, is reminded that his Father will turn his back on him when he is crucified. He recognizes that the sin of man, the sin of this world, is on his shoulders. There's a praise song that says, the Father turns his face away. Do you remember that praise song? We sing it a lot of times during communion. Jesus realizes, God, you are going to turn your back on me. If there's another way, I'm up for the other way. He says, Abba, Father, everything is possible. Take this cup from me, and, but it's your will, not my will. There's a great book that talks about that cup being a cup of poison. The poison of our sins. That Jesus was going to take the cup. Remember, he had just left the, supper, the last supper when they had... Uh, taking the cup, the cup we sit around the table for, which represents his what? His blood. He knew that there would be bloodshed and that it would be his. I know that you can take this cup away, but not my will, your will be done. And then we're reminded, what does he say when he's on the cross? Do you remember what he says a few chapters later? Yeah, my, well, first he says, we're going to get to that, but he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why did you turn your back on me, Father? That's the first person that turns his back on Jesus. Now we know that that's what was ordained. We know the prophecy pointed to that. But please don't miss the fact that Jesus felt 
betrayed and rejected in that. The Scripture says he was um, despised and rejected. And in some way, that was pretty heavy. And then how about his friends? How about his friends? Those people who had been with him for three and a half plus years. Those, those who had taken their lives and stopped and spent three and a half years going from place to place to place involved in Jesus' ministry. How about your friends? Do you struggle when you lose a friend? When you have a friend that you really are, you feel like betrayed, like that friend turned their back on you. Remember what he says. He says, Judas comes to him and he says what? Rabbi, teacher, friend. He says, listen, there'll be a sign. This is the guy I want you to get. When I kiss him and I call him rabbi or teacher, come and get him. How challenging do you think it would be for your best friend or someone you were very acquainted with to turn their back and betray you? Go back a, literally uh, 20 verses. And this is where they're at, the Last Supper. And he says, someone will betray me. One who is eating with me. One of you twelve will betray me. You will turn your back on me. And so Jesus has God the Father turn his back. And his friends turn their back. And then the crowd turned their back. The crowd came with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. The mob. The mob came and rejected Jesus. It's easy to say it was ordained, and it was. But the fact of the matter was that Jesus felt that rejection from his Father. He felt that rejection from his friends. He felt that rejection from the people as they says they arrested him and took him to be tried. Oh, if it only stopped there. But there's one more. Me. Every time I fail to do what I know I'm called to do or fail to do the things that God has put in my path or fail to be like Christ towards others, I reject him just the same. Me. Me. And somehow, 
somehow Jesus has the power to forgive. Even when he was on the cross. Remember that? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. If Jesus can forgive me and the mob and his friends and his father, Why is it so hard for me to find freedom in forgiveness? Why is it that I've been forgiven and yet I'm not good at giving that to anyone else? Complete honesty, I'm bad at it. I was really good at trying to teach my kids that, right? When they're little, you're like, no, you ask for forgiveness, <laughs> right? Well, I'm pulling their ear. <laughs> you need to ask for forgiveness. <clears throat> trying to teach them something I was never really good at. And yet, when I watched Jesus do it, and he's able to forgive all of those people who wronged him. And in some way, in some way, and I, I'll be completely honest, this is the challenging part for me. In some way, never sin, even in his thought pattern or his thought process. That's hard for me because I can keep my mouth shut, but I can't keep my mind from thinking about those things. I can't keep my mind from sinning even in those moments when I can keep my lips from saying it. Sometimes I'm really bad at forgiving other people. Yet Jesus was able to go to the cross while they mocked Him. They embarrassed Him. They rejected Him. They beat Him. As Scripture says, so that we didn't even know it was who it was. And in some way, had the ability to forgive. That's the Jesus I want to serve. The example in my life, for my life, of how to forgive others. Let me challenge you this morning. If you're struggling to forgive someone, it starts here this morning. See, I believe already that if I didn't say another word, God has already put on your heart and on your mind someone who needs to be forgiven. Someone you have wronged. Someone that you have chosen not to forgive because you think that you can control or hold power over that situation if you choose not to forgive. And let me, just let me let you know that, that you're holding the poison if you choose not to forgive. And it begins here this morning. So 
you don't have to listen to another word I said because I believe the Holy Spirit's already been working in your life at this moment with those areas that you need to forgive. There are struggles in our life we don't need any more. Forgive those who have wronged you like Jesus forgave us. Scriptures tell us that all we have to do, like we talked about all vacation Bible schools, admit that we're wrong. We got sin. We have refused to forgive. Ask for that forgiveness from Jesus because we know that he went to the cross in perfection, died and rose again. For anyone here this morning who hasn't forgiven, let me challenge you. There's an altar, right? We call that, this is the altar. When we sing the last song, you don't have to talk to me. I'd, pr- I'd love to pray with you, but you don't have to. But if you need to forgive someone, or you need forgiven, let me challenge you to come to this altar and ask for the forgiveness of Jesus. Ask Jesus to help you forgive someone else. Refusing to be forgiven or refusing to forgive another is poison. We watch Jesus go to his death somehow able to forgive. Let me encourage you this morning to not leave this place if you need to forgive someone. As we sing that last song, I don't even remember what the song is going to be. But whatever it is, as we sing that song, you have the opportunity to come up and to call on God to give you the power and the strength to forgive others. Don't miss your opportunity out of pride. Let's pray. Lord, you are good, good, good God. Lord, we we sing your praises this morning because we watch you function in and around us. You remind us, Lord, that we have issues. We have our struggles. Lord, if we're honest, we are terrible at forgiving other people. And we hold on to that poison day after day after day. And so, Lord, I ask you even now that you'd free us, free our hearts to lay that burden at your feet and to walk away from it. And Lord, if we can't do it on our own, I pray that you'd put someone next to us in the pew that would help us to offer that forgiveness that would walk with us, would hold our hand. For Lord, we know there is power in forgiveness. That power is what gives us the opportunity for eternity. That power is what Jesus took to the cross. And when he was resurrected, we too can have eternity with him. In your name we pray. Amen.